Hallelujah. Praise God. Can we pray, please? Father, thank you. We thank you for what this season means all over the world. We thank you for the reality of this in our hearts and in our minds. We thank you for this morning's teaching and every other thing that will be said along this line within these few weeks. We thank you because your spirit is at work in us and for us. We thank you therefore because the eyes of our understanding is enlightened in the name of Jesus. That everyone present, everyone that would hear this teaching hereafter, will walk in greater understanding and greater, 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 greater revelation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Alright, hallelujah. Amen. Last week we dealt with um, Palm Sunday, right? Alright, so we looked at <laughs> um, setting things and we're learning how better to appreciate what happened. And we, we're learning also, let me say it this way, we're learning better how to value the word. There, there are many things we grew up with. You know, we're, we're, all of us grew up with it. All of us assumed that that was it. You know, many times we've even taught some of these things. I've taught them with a lot of high energy. You know, only to come to learn, understand, or realize that it, it really might not exactly have been so. You know, so for instance, last Sunday I pointed out to us that the word Hosanna is not a word for the church. It's not a word the church should use. Hosanna does not mean praise the Lord. Hosanna means come and save us. Alright? Um, you cannot study your Bible with a Webster dictionary or any other dictionary at all. You cannot. You will, you will get lost if you are trying to do Bible study with a regular dictionary. You will be lost. You know, Wednesday I was making reference to certain words you know, and I mistakenly said something which I need to consciously correct right now. You know, on Wednesday I said that if you read the King James and the King James says communication, communication means behavior. And I was much later, service was over, like, Nana, that's conversation. If you use the King James Version of the Bible, when King James says conversation, for instance, King James says, let your conversation be without covetousness. Alright, so it's not conversation as to talking, it's conversation as to behavior. Conduct. So when you read the King James and you see the word conversation, then you open your Oxford Dictionary, Chambers Dictionary, Webster Dictionary, or whatever other dictionary you're using, and you now say, okay, let me understand conversation, you'll get lost. Alright? Because they will tell you conversation means, alright, to converse. So, the King James language, please be attentive. Now, um, for those of you that have a touchable, hardback, hard copy King James Bible, there usually is an introduction in front of your Bible, most times referred to as a preface. 
If you read the preface of your King James Bible, it is written there that that Bible was put together in 1611. Well, in 2015, so 1600 and what? So how many years ago is that? 1611, 1711, 1811, 1911, all right, 2400 and, all right, so King James Bible is 404 years old. That does not make it archaic. That does not make it obsolete. That only lets you know that the style of language that is used there. We don't talk to ourselves nowadays and you get to say, Thou art hungry. Bring me thine bag. Alright? Do we get to talk like that now? We don't. That was the language in 1611. That's why very many times when I'm teaching, I want to consciously make reference to more recent translations, like the New Living Translation. The English is more recent. It, at best, sticks to the original. Alright? Sometimes in trying to translate, you can also get lost. In trying to use different versions of the Bible, you could get lost. You could... You could get to, you know, over-paraphrase something or over-explain something, you know, that gets to happen. You know, because people get to wonder, why do you people have different Bibles? We don't have different Bibles. We have Bible. Alright, I'm trying to just introduce my point, so we just stay with the point. So, I'm saying that so you get ready for... Uh, there's no point arguing with, oh, but Pastor Hosanna means praise God. Hosanna doesn't mean praise God. Hosanna is a combination of two words. One is come and save us, and the other, or basically salvation, and the other is please, now, now, please, I beg you, now, do it now. So, Hosanna is a combination of those two. So, Hosanna simply means please come and save us now. And we saw that in Psalm 118 last Sunday. Please get the teaching. We said a bit of it. You can also get to the market or a Christian bookstore and buy yourself what is called a Strong's Concordance. It's a Bible dictionary of Greek and Hebrew words. And in less than five minutes, I would enjoy teaching you exactly how to use it. It's very simple. And then you check the meaning of the word Hosanna. And when they give you words, they actually give you the root word. They give you the origin of the word. And the origin of the words that make up Hosanna is what I just said. Please, now, 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 please, now, save. So you put it together. Please save us right now. Please, we beg you. And that's why Psalm 118 says, Send now prosperity. Oh, we pray you send now prosperity. You know, come and save us. Blessed is he that come in the name of the Lord. Alright, with, with, that, with that said... There's a question I want to ask us this morning. And the question is, what do you really believe? Do you really believe what you think you believe? Do you really understand what you think you understand? Do you really, really, really believe? I'm going to take a look at the life of Jesus. And some of you this morning will be amazed at the fact that what we assumed the, the, 
the disciples believed. They really didn't. And we're going to read a number of, you know, verses together. I, I believe that will bless us. Alright? Amen. Some of us have this feeling like, um, you know, if I was alive when Jesus was alive, if I was one of his disciples, man, my revelation knowledge would go off the roof. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. There was a reason why they were chosen. And there's a reason why they needed to be his disciples. But don't assume that they walked in that much revelation when he was on the earth. Amen. Alright, I'll pick a major misconception first of all. I'm teaching, so are you a lot? Alright, say teaching. Now, the first major misconception about Jesus Christ was the thought that he was the king of the Jews. Major misconception. And it's amazing to realize that that misconception trailed him all through pre-birth, birth, crucifixion, even in his ascension. There was just that misconception. There was just that erroneous conclusion, that thought that he happens to be the king of the Jews. So, we'll read it all together. So, are you with me? Let's begin from a nice beginning. Matthew chapter 2 from verse 1. We could use the NLT, so just simple straight up. Matthew chapter 2 from verse 1. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Praise God. Say, I have understanding. Say, I have illumination. Say, I have revelation. Say it again. Now, before we read Matthew, I said something on Wednesday that I need to say again now. The Old Testament has more action stories than the New Testament. Anybody understands that? Like I told them on Wednesday, Old Testament is DSTV with a lot of options. It has action movie. Anybody seen action in Old Testament? Alright, have you read about David and his mighty men? Where they use the jawbone of an ass and they kill like 800 people. I mean, that's action movie. Rambo did not do that. Some of you don't know Rambo, right? Alright, where, 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 what happened again? There's a lot of war in the Old Testament, right? Fighting and killing and... You know, and it's exciting if you want science fiction. Not because it is science fiction, but, you know, you just wonder, eh, OJ Marina, ah. You know, if you read it, you see a whole lot of that. You know, they were fighting and then Joshua had to tell the son to stand still and the son stayed. You know, if you see that in a movie right now, you feel, what happened in the Bible? Anybody knows they parted the Red Sea? Did they part the Red Sea? Did they walk on dry ground? If you do that in a movie right now, it will be fiction. But it is in the Old Testament. It's in the Bible. If you want romance, Samson and Delilah, David and the babe called Bathsheba, Alright, when you read songs of Solomon. Do you guys read your Bible at all? Do you guys read your Bibles at all? You know, it has a lot of John Neman. You know, just Yeah, but really it has a whole lot of that. And then you step over into the New Testament and all you get is the letter of Paul written to the Ephesians. Grace be unto you. And peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, do you really want to read all that stuff? 
Because if you're not careful, it looks boring. But may I say that all of your life is hidden within those letters. Listen to me this morning, church. All of our Christian life is hidden. All of our Christian walk is not in the action movie. Alright, um, you guys have helped yourself. Okay, Hebrews 11. Give me Hebrews 11. We'll, we'll do Matthew. Give me Hebrews 11. We'll do King James on that one. Hebrews 11. Verse 1. I, I, are, you, are you with me? Let me just... Um, I want to pick out a few places. Hebrews 11 verse 1. We'll take it together... And then, you guys will fast with me. I'll just mention some verses and then we'll pick it. Alright, Hebrews 11 verse 1. Let's go together. Now faith is what? The substance of things hoped for. The Verse 2 now. For by faith the elders obtain a good report. Through faith we understand that what? The world were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things that what? Now you're going to read the first two words of any other verse that I call. Are you ready now? Okay, verse 4. Two words. Verse 5. I shall you saw it. Verse 7. No, 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 not 6, 7. Verse 9. I've skipped 8. Anybody still with me? Are you sure? Alright, so let's go to 17. First two words, right? By faith. Alright, then we go to which verse now? 21? Okay, 20? 21? Even if you're not there, you're just saying by faith. By faith, that's the answer, right? Alright, 22? 23? 24? 25? Alright, 27. 28. 29. 30. 31. Are you ready? Now, read with me from 32. Now, everything that was said here was action. They almost killed somebody. This person believed God. This person did this. This person did that. So, read with me now from 32. Are you with me? Let's go. And what more shall I say? For time will fail me to tell of Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and of Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith, 33, what did they do? Subdued kingdoms, what else did they do? Again, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, 34, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness they were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the enemy, 35. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were what? Tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain what? 36. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. 37. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder, tempted, slain with the sword. 
they wandered about in sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. 38. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. 39 now. All these, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. 40 together. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made what? Did you just read that? It means with all the action, with all the, with all the everything they did, Scripture lets us know that they without us could not be made perfect. God had provided something better for us. Did you see that? Now Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6. Hebrews 8 verse 6. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6. Let's read together. Go. But now has he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established Again, he is what? Mediator of what? A better covenant. Which covenant is a better covenant? For who? Is he saying that the new covenant is better than the old covenant? What's the answer to the question? Is he saying the new covenant is better than the old covenant? Yes. So he says the new covenant is better. But you find majority of believers searching and studying more of the old covenant rather than the new covenant. Most churches will rather preach the old covenant. Most Christians will pick prayer points from the old covenant. Am I saying it's irrelevant? I never said so. But the point... Can we, can we read Hebrews 8? Do me NLT now. Hebrews 8 from verse 6. Same, same thing we just read. NLT. Are you ready to read with me now? Alright, stay with me. Let's go. Stop. Everybody together, please. Let's go. But now our high priest has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. For he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on... We're reading it down to the end. Let's go. If the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no need for a second covenant to do what? Let's keep going. But when God found fault with the people, He said, The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their fathers when I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. They did not remain faithful to my covenant, so I turned my back on them Let's keep going. But this is what? 
the new covenant which I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws back. Alright. I'll put my laws where? And I will write them where? And I will be what? Say I'm God's person. Now keep reading. And they will what? Not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, You should know the Lord, for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me how. Next verse now. And I will do what? I'll forgive their wickedness, and I will never again. Read this verse again. Want to go? Now, verse 13, everybody together, let's go. When God speaks of a new covenant, it means He has made the first one. It is now what? And will soon what? Let's read the verse again. When God speaks of what? It means what? It is now and it will soon it is obsolete, out of date, and will soon what? So when you study your Bible, and all you know is Zephaniah, Obadiah, Zechariah, Nahum, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and all that, you are reading something that is obsolete, something that is out of date, and something to disappear. So when we teach the epistles, believers think it is boring. They show no interest. They want the God that calls down fire. And this thing will deceive you. Because God really is not in a fire calling down business. And when you talk like that, they get angry at you. And they switch off on you. But are you studying the New Testament? And many people in the church of Jesus Christ are not interested in studying their Bibles. So when you teach, they go, uh, start prayer meeting. Anybody here this morning? Anybody here this morning? So the old covenant is said to be obsolete. Out of date, soon to vanish away. I did not say it is irrelevant. We only said it was obsolete. Pastor, if you say it's not irrelevant, but it is obsolete, what are you saying? Because when Paul and Peter and James and John, when they began their ministry, there was no Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So where were they preaching from? The Old Testament. But they preached from the Old Testament with a better understanding of what Jesus has done. Two years ago, I did a teaching in church. You know, where you get to hear people say things like, I will punish the iniquity of the fathers on the third and the fourth generation. Anybody heard that before? Do you think that's relevant? You might ask the media guys to give you a series called Good News Series. 
read through the Bible enough on that. Those scriptures are obsolete. In fact, Jeremiah now came up to say, Thou shalt not say. Jeremiah said it. Do not say that I will take the iniquity of the fathers. Don't say it again. Jeremiah said it. Do not say I will require the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the third and fourth generation. He said, don't say it. He now said, but the soul that sinned, it shall die. He was prophesying. Because there's only one soul that could sin and die and die for everybody. So everybody that sins dies one by one. So Romans 3, 20, 23 will let you know that all have sinned. So everybody likes that. But in Romans 6, it says the wages of sin is death. So the wages of sin is that everybody will die that has sinned. So one person came and he took the wages of sin for all of us. Oh, come on. And the last part was fulfilled. After taking the wages of sin, what was left was the gift of God. You know what people don't want to hear that? God of Elijah, send down fire. God of... And we love it. We love it. We love it. Question is, what do you really believe? So Matthew chapter 2. NLT. Matthew 2 from verse 1. Alright, let's read through. Just enjoy the reading until I say stop. Can we go together? Want to go? Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is a newborn? We saw what? As it arose and we what? So what were they looking for? Come on, who were they looking for? King of the Jews. Alright, let's keep reading. Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this. <laughs> As was everyone where? King care. What's up? Let's keep going. And he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers. And religious law of religious law. And asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem of Judea, they said. For this is what the prophet what? Wrote. Verse 6. O you Bethlehem, in the land of Judea. Are not least, are you not least among the ruling cities of Judah? For a ruler will come from you who will be shepherd for the people of Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from the time when the star appeared. Then he told them, Go to where? Let's read together. And do what? Search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back. Tell me so I can worship him too. After this interview with the wise men, they went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them. Alright, and stopped over where? Where the child? Verse 10. When they saw the child, they were filled with what? When they saw the star, they were filled. Alright, they entered the house and saw what? Notice two things. They entered where? And they saw what? Again, they entered where? And they saw what? They entered where? And they saw what? They entered where? And they saw what? They did not enter a stable. They did not find a baby in a manger. They went to a house and they found a child. So when you are doing Christmas drama, 
I want to show what happened when Jesus was born. Remove these wise guys from that story. Who did they find? Baby or child? Is there a grammatical difference between the two? Did they find him in a house? Or he was lying in a manger? The Bible is in front of you. Did they find him in a house or in a manger? House? That means they had left the manger. I mean, they had carried him out of the manger, rather. They left the stable, they moved away. Of what relevance is that? So that you know your Bible well. Question. Why did Herod ask them to kill children that were two years and under? Question. Why did Herod ask them to kill children that were two years old? Because he was no longer a baby. Question. When did the star appear? When he was born. And these men do not live in Jerusalem, so they have to climb their camels and travel from the east. Before they get to Jerusalem, the baby wasn't there again. The baby had grown. What were they following? A star. When did the star appear? The day it was born. And then they followed the star till they saw the child. What, what verse is we stop? Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. If they met him lying in a manger, Luke would have told us that after the shepherds left, the wise men entered. Is that not simple enough? Let's keep reading. They entered the house and saw the child with the mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him what? We've already told you there were never three wise men. I hope you never read three in everything we've been reading right now. Alright, so just leave all those stories, okay? Now, when it was time to leave, they returned to go to their own country. Now, was there aeroplane, airplane, airplane? Was there airplane in this time? Did they come from the same country? So if they will ride camel, how many days, weeks, and months will it take them to get to where the baby is? They did not meet him lying in a manger. They are from a different country. Alright, doesn't affect your redemption anyway. Let's move on. It affects your Bible knowledge. You now meet Jehovah's Witness and now start tackling you with questions. You now look dumb. Like you don't go to church. Some of you can not confront those people. They should run away from you. They should not go and say, eh, we are, oh yeah, sit down, let's talk Bible. And they should get up and run out. Because they don't know too many Bible scriptures. What they know is what they were trained to come and talk to you about. But because you don't know those things, you run. They should run from you. Tell them, okay, have we finished that one? Can we discuss something else? They will avoid your question. I've done that several times. And I did that as a small boy when I was on campus. I don't have time for that one now. Because you people should be the ones attending to those things now. You want to ask my pastor a question? Come, let me answer you. Why are you looking like... Papa, do you go to church at all? I've caught this thing before now. Let's keep reading. 
I'm taking time pausing because I'm trying to tell you, wake up, wake up, love your Bible, read your Bible by yourself, read it by yourself. Next verse. Where, where do we start? All right, they went to their home country. Let, let's, let's pause there. Who were they looking for? So they, they said they were looking for the king of the Jews, but for reference sake, you could just write down, we don't naturally need to read that. Micah, okay, let's just read Micah. Micah chapter 2, chapter 5, verse 2. Micah 5, 2, quick. Micah 5, 2. Alright, see what it says. Read with me, one, two, go. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrata, are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of what? Will come from you. Is this the verse you think they were quoting? Yeah, that's what the prophets went to look for. So what they were doing is, everything about the life of Jesus is hidden all through the pages of the Old Testament. So as a New Testament person, you need to now go into the Old Testament to understand what they said. John 6. John 6. Let's pick it from 11. Then Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks to God and distributed them to the people. Afterwards, he did the same with the fish and everybody ate, you know, as, many, as much as they wanted. And everyone was full. After everyone was full, Jesus told the disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is worth. So they picked up the pieces and filled what? Read with me. With scraps left by the people who had eaten from the birdie loaves. Let's keep going. When the people saw, come on guys, read with me, want to go? When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely, he is the prophet we have been what? Watch their connection now. He is who they are expecting. Alright, now, move to the next verse. When they saw that what? When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be what? He did what? Watch what happened. Who did they say this guy is? What did they want him to become? That means in their mind, who did God say was coming? A king. So as far as the Jews were concerned, when he had this triumphant entry, like people popularly call it, like I said last time, there's nothing really triumphant about it for us. And they were saying, oh, oh, Zana, Zana. They were expecting him to land from that donkey, have a meeting, and discuss how they would get them away from the Roman Empire. Because as far as they were concerned, this man is a king. John chapter 18. John 18, we're going to enjoy the reading from verse 33. John 18 from 33. John 18 from 33. Alright? In case you never watched any movie over the weekend about Jesus, just enjoy all these readings, alright? Did you watch any movie over the weekend? Most of us know, right? So let's enjoy. Stay with me. Let's read together. 33. Then Pilate went what? Back into his headquarters and called for who? To be brought to him and he asked what? Are you the king of who? He asked him, alright? Next verse. Let's just keep going. Jesus replied, is this your own question? 
What did others tell you about me? Genge. <laughs> Am I a Jew? Pilate retorted. Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered. If only they had listened to what Jesus just said here. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers will fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders for my kingdom. Let's keep going, please. Pilate said, so you are a king. Jesus responded, you say I am a king? Actually, I was born and came into this world to testify to the truth. And who love the truth recognized that what I say is true. What is the truth? Pilate asked. Then he went out again. Read now. Let's go. Then he went out again to the people and told them, He's not guilty of any crime. Let's follow this drama, please. But you have a what? Custom of asking me to release one prisoner each year at Passover. Would you like me to release this king? Alright? They shouted back, no, not this man. We want Barabbas. Barabbas was what? Barabbas was what? Alright. Then Pilate had Jesus flogged with lead-tipped whip. We're not discussing that one today. When we start talking about this, some of you start crying. Alright? You'll behave like disciples. The soldiers wove a crown of thorns. Watch this. Why a crown of thorns? Crown is what? Crown now, crown. Come on, are you here? Crown, crown. The soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it where? What's the next thing they did? What's purple? Alright, you got it. Let's keep going. Hail, king of the Jews. They mocked and they slapped him across the face. They were slapping him because of you, right? Pilate went outside again and said to his people, I am going to bring him out to you now, but understand clearly that I find no fault with him. I don't find him guilty. Then Jesus came out wearing a crown of thorns and a purple robe, and Pilate said, Look, here is the man. When they saw him, the little priests and temple guards began shouting, Crucify him, crucify him. Take him yourself and crucify him. Pilate said, I do not find him guilty. The Jews had replied, by our law he ought to die because he called himself the son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was more frightened than ever. Then he took Jesus back into the headquarters again and asked him, where are you from? This one that they now say you are the son of God. Star, where did you come from? Where are you from? But Jesus gave also. Why don't you... I love this place. I love this place. Why don't you talk to me? Pilate demanded. Don't you realize that I have the power to release you or crucify you? Then Jesus said, You would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. So the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. Then Pilate tried to release him. But the Jewish leaders shouted, If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who declares himself what? A king is a rebel against Caesar. When they said this, Pilate brought him out to them again. Then Pilate sat down on his judgment seat on the platform 
This is called the stone of pavement in Hebrew, Gabbatha. It was now about what? Noon on the day of preparation for the Passover. And Pilate said to the people, Look! Here's your king. Away with him, they yelled. Away with him, crucify him. What? Crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar. See their mouth. The leading priest shouted back. Then Pilate turned, to, turned Jesus over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus away. We're still going. Carrying the cross by himself, he went to the place called the skull in Hebrew, Golgotha. What's up now, 21? There they nailed him to the cross. Two others were crucified with him, one on either side, and just was in between them. And Pilate posted a sign over him that read, Jesus of Nazareth, what? Alright, so 20 and 21. The place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Hebrew, Latin, Greek, so that many could what? 21. Then the leading priest objected and said to Pilate, change it from king of the Jews to... He said, I'm king of the Jews. Okay, let's just see what Pilate said in 22. Let's see what Pilate said in 22. 22. 22. Okay. I like Pilate. Just ended with what? No. What I have written... Did Jesus say he was the king of the Jews? Where did the gist flow to Pilate from? Before he was born, they expected a king. When the wise men showed up, they said he was king. When he rode into Jerusalem, they called him king. In their minds, with their behavior, with their action. When Pilate was going to respond, they said he was king. But don't forget, the Jewish leaders also said, whoever calls himself a king is not a friend of Caesar. Caesar is our only king. So there was rumor everywhere that Jesus was what? King. And they thought, if he is the prophet that Moses talked about, then what did Moses do? Moses came to deliver our fathers from Pharaoh. This man, therefore, will come to deliver us from Caesar. You get their permutation. Luke 24. Uh, glory to God. Okay, maybe, maybe we'll do it this way. Let's go to Acts and we'll come back to Luke 24. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 from verse 1. In Luke 24, when we read it soon, you will see that even the disciples thought he was a king. Alright, Acts chapter 1 from verse 1. In my first book, I told you, now if you're wondering what the first book is, the first book is the book of Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, alright? So, the person that wrote the book of Acts, his name is also what? I just gave you the scope. His name is Luke. Luke wrote the book of Acts, alright? If you read Luke chapter 1, he was writing to someone called Theophilus, alright? So if you go to Acts chapter 1, he was writing a second letter to the same person called Theophilus. In Luke, it was writing about the life of Jesus to Theophilus. In Acts, it was writing about the acts of the apostles, the beginning of the church to the same Theophilus. Is that simple enough? Did anybody write down what I just said? Listen, the shortest pencil is better than the longest memory. You heard me now and you think you heard what I said. 
Two days later, you now say, hey, who the pastor say wrote? What was he even saying? You cannot remember because you don't have a record. Some of you now, now, if I ask you now, 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 what I just said, you look like monkey. <laughs> you hear what I just said? I began by saying this is what weakens the church. People don't have a value for teaching. If I'm praying or prophesying right now, your amens will be loud. Then I start deceiving you with, if you have the loudest amen, you get the biggest blessing. Which verse in the Bible is that statement from? None. And that is when you now want to shout, Amen! But where exactly is the statement from? It doesn't exist. But we love things like that. You love if you clap more than your neighbor. Your blessing will be higher than your neighbor's blessing. Where in the Bible is that? Where? Are you still here? I want you to match war. Alright? There's a popular story about somebody. He had a brain problem. And I think he even said, in case I have a brain problem, I want you to get me the brain of a Pentecostal Christian. Alright, I explained Pentecostal to you last week. Not particularly us, but it just refers to those that speak in tongues. So that's what I was saying. So they asked him, why a Pentecostal Christian? He said, because their brain is usually fresh and unused. Who got what I just said? He said, the brains of Pentecostal Christians are what? Fresh, unused. Because they don't think. If I say, come and drop offering here, I'll put your name in the book of life, people will come out. Because they are not thinking. They are not thinking. We don't use our brain. We don't say, is that in the Bible? Is there a chapter for that? Is there a verse for that? We don't think. We're not asking you to be rebellious. We're not asking you not to swallow things, hook, line, and sinker. Get into the Bible and study for yourself. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Paul says, study to show yourself approved. A workman that needs not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to study. And like I said also last week, many of us have more than one pastor. You live here, you're going to put on TV, you watch Orishi Orishi. And they tell you Orishi Orishi. You know, Americans right now are selling many things on TV. For two dollars, whatever, whatever it is, buy this, buy that. And many of you just feel, oh, I wish I have dollars. Let me buy that anointed. Why am I talking like this? I said we're introducing something and it's going to be a bit radical and a bit shaky. So we need to get ready for that. Okay, where do we stop? Acts, yeah. All right. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about what? Everything Jesus began to do and what? Teach. Until the day he was what? Taken up to heaven. After what? Giving his chosen apostles further instructions through who? Oh, that's, that verse is deep. <laughs> Interesting, anyway. During what? I want you to notice something most of you never knew. During the 40 days after what? What did he do? He appeared to his apostles from what? And proved to them in many ways that he actually... 
was alive. And he talked with them about what? What did he talk to them about? Follow me then. What? When he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sent you the gift he promised, as I told you before. Next verse. John the Baptist baptized with water, but in a few days you will be what? Baptized with the Holy Ghost. Let's keep going. <laughs> Read this verse with me. Go. When the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, as the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom. Who got that? All they kept on thinking was Israel. All they kept on hearing was their nation. So as far as they were concerned, Jesus was a king that came to redeem Israel from Caesar. So if you are about to fly to heaven, sir, before you go, what is the mission? Now that, in fact, I didn't even say before you, before you go, now that you are alive, now that you can walk through the wall, now that you can, you cannot die again, are you now going to... Anybody here? Why are we going through this long story? I went through all that to say this simple point. They were with him for three and a half years or over three years and still did not understand what he was doing. They were him three, three years over and still didn't get why he died. That will shock you. So I'll move to the next point and I tie it up from there. I said I'm just laying a foundation. I want you to follow this teaching. Get last week's Sunday's message. Get, we're building something that will take the church to a new level. What did the disciples believe? They saw miracles. Did they really believe? They heard what he said. Did they really believe? Now we like to think he's risen. I won't be in loss of the Jesus. Alright, what I just said was um, um, the women went to meet Jesus at resurrection and then the men went to hide under the tree. How many of you grew up singing those songs? Do they still sing them nowadays? Seriously? Okay, yes, no. Some of us don't hear those songs again. I'm sure I've not heard it in maybe 10 years. Except I sing it to myself. You mean they sang it over this last weekend? Okay, home church. Okay, most of you must have gone back home. Alright, we'll hear it in the. I'm sure if I went to. <laughs> this way too. <laughs> I went, if, I, if, if I'd gone there, I would have, I'd have heard something like that. But listen, question. I'm, I'm, listen, if I want you to pass a while, this theology, we're not in Bible school. The church needs to understand Bible. An average believer should have more than two Bible versions. More than two. More than four. I say, Pastor, what do I want to do? Because you want to understand what he said to you. When you read King James, you're like, ah, thou shalt. Is there something that says it better or easier? Let me understand and I come back. Oh, Pastor usually quotes one. What's that? NLT. Buy it. It's less than 1,000 naira. Amplified Bible is less than a thousand naira. If I'm not going for all the leather back, you know, Jim Jim, 6K. Less than one grand. 
have a believer should have not less than two to four Bibles. And you must have a strong concordance. It's 2005. So when you see a word, you can check the meaning. Pastor said, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Let me go and check Hosanna myself. I'm not a fool now. What got the church into problem when the Catholic church was reigning many years ago? Because the priests were not enlightened and the people were talked to, but they were not given access to the Bible. So the priest would come and say, if anybody has an uncle that died, they want to raise money for church. If anybody has an uncle that died, Uncle, family, uncle, brother, sister, anybody. That person right now is in one place that is called purgatory. If you can give us money, we will pray to God, He will transfer the person. And people were gullible because they did not have access. Listen, knowledge is power. The people did not have access to the written word. And they couldn't read it, they didn't have it was just for the priests. Then men like Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King Jr. In America. Martin Luther, a Catholic priest, Roman Catholic, rose up. In studying his Bible, he came across a scripture that said, The just shall live by his own faith. If they have the just who live by his faith, how would they believe if they don't hear the scripture for themselves? So Martin Luther began to write the Bible in common man's language and he was killed for that. Most of you don't know all this. Because it was giving power to the people. Tyndale, Wycliffe, all these men were killed for translating the Bible. Houses were burnt down for translating the Bible. People were hung, they were burnt alive for translating the Bible. Now the Bible is so available, we don't have time to read it. Back then, if you get one page, they can kill you for that one page. Then thank God for Alan Gutenberg. They invented the printing press. They now started churning the thing out en masse. You now have organizations like Gideon that will beg you to collect Bible. After they beg you to collect it, you don't even have time to read it. The church does not have a value for the word. People died for this book. Some people were killed in Kenya just recently for believing in Jesus Christ. Some of you that have denied Jesus, why lie? I never go to church before. Why lie? Why lie? I know be Christian. All because you see death. And that's what the church is. All we know is prosperity. And miracle. And if God doesn't do it, I'm angry. I'm not coming to church again. Well, so much unserious. The world that is life, we don't have time for it. Are you here this morning? I ain't still rounding up, but anyway. They actually open anywhere? Luke 24. Let's do Luke 24. Hallelujah. Do you really believe? Let's speak it from Luke 23, verse 48. We're going to do some reading again. Luke chapter 23, verse 48. Did Jesus resurrect from the dead? Listen, your faith as a believer is not in the death of Jesus Christ. Your faith is in the resurrection. They mean two different things. 
can't say all that this morning. When he died, he died for sin. When he resurrected, a new nation began. And that's why I'm saying, follow this teaching. Just enjoy this teaching. Glory to God. Alright, let's take it together. Or just follow. You'll enjoy this reading. It's a bit long, but just go with me. Are you with me? Let's go. And when all the crowd came to see the crucifixion, when they saw what had happened, they went home in what? Hey, come on, somebody read. They went home how? They went home how? Why were they sorrowful? Their hero was dead. The master was dead. The savior, or whatever they thought it was, was dead. But Jesus' friends, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance. What were they doing? Alright, let's keep going. Now there was a, what? Good and righteous man named Joseph. He was a member of the Jewish High Council. But he had not agreed with the decision and actions of the other religious leaders. He was from the town of Arimathea in Judea. And he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. He went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Then he took the body down from the cross, wrapped it in a long sheet of linen cloth, and laid it in a new tomb that had been carved out of a rock. This was done late. I'll just skip that. There's an argument on Friday. Alright, so, but really it's not Friday. This was done late. Day of preparation. As the Sabbath was about to begin. And his body was taken away. The women from Galilee, they did what? Can you read and be picturing the drama in your mind? Alright, they followed. Alright. And they saw the tomb where his body was placed. Then they went home and prepared what? Spices and what? To do what? They want to rub the ointment all over his body to preserve it well. Embalming and processing. Anybody understands that? Alright, so don't forget these women. By the time they had finished, the Sabbath they had what? So they had to do what? Rest as required by what? Alright. But very early when? So, okay, that means calculation already won't be correct. If it's already Friday to Sunday, you can't get three days and three nights. Who quickly talked about that? If he died on Friday, rose up on Sunday, it cannot be three days, three nights. And if he rose up early Sunday morning, then it wasn't really Sunday. If it was early Sunday, it would have woken up before. They got there early Sunday morning. Very early. In the morning. But Sunday is the most agreed date, so we're fine. But Sunday is fine. Sunday Lord's Day. Alright, first day of the week. But very early Sunday morning, the women went to where? Taking what? That they had prepared. Let's keep going. They found that the stone had been what? Rolled away from the entrance. Alright? So they went in, but they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there, what? How? Why were they puzzled? <sighs> Two men suddenly appeared to them. Clothing, dazzling clothes. Alright? What did the men say? The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. And he asked the man, and the man asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is what? He isn't here. What happened to him? 
is risen from the dead. Remember what he was. That means they did what? For God did not understand, did not believe. We've accused Thomas as a doubter. All his disciples doubted. You see that yourself. He said to you that the Son of Man must be betrayed in the hands of a sinful man and crucified that he will rise again on the third day. He said that. Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell the eleven, Judas was already dead, and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had what? Alright. But the story what? Oh, come on, somebody read with me. What, 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 what's going on here? But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they did not what? If you were Jesus, how would you feel? Guy, after I don't die for you. Keep reading. It gets interesting. However, Peter jumped up. Ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering. The same day, watch this one. This one is very interesting. The same day, two of Jesus' disciples were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. And they talked and discussed these things. Jesus himself suddenly came and began to... Guy, I love him. But God, but God kept them from recognizing him. And he asked them, What are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short. Sadness written across their faces. Then one of them said, Cleopas, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened in the last few days. What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus. The man from Nazareth, they said. Watch this now, watch this. He was what? A prophet who did what? And he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God. And what? See the next verse. But our leading priests and other religious that handed him over to be condemned and they what? See what's going on. They are still saying something. Finish with me. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue. That was where their mind was. This all happened three days ago. Even after resurrection, they were still hoping. Their hopes were dashed. That means we are still going to be under Roman leadership forever. Why? 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 These were his key guys. Let's keep going. We're actually just rolling till almost the end. Are you enjoying the reading? Great. Then some women from, watch this, they are telling him story. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning. And they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing. They had, and that they had seen angels who told them he was alive. Some of our men ran to see. And sure enough, his body was gone. Just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, What did he say? Come on, what did he say? You foolish people. Stupido. 
Alright, like Jesse, the plans to call it stupid. Alright, you foolish people. <laughs> you find it so hard to believe all the prophets wrote where? Listen, we're going to read about them, then I'll end it with your life. Yeah? And someone say, what does he mean? Just stay with these guys. Wasn't it clearly what? Depicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory. Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. That means when you read Moses and all prophets, you see things concerning Jesus, right? Alright, he was the rock, he was the red sea they passed through, he was everything. It was just Jesus. It was, it was. By this time, they were nearing their house, and the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if he were going on. But they begged him, stay the night with us, since it's getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took bread, blessed it, then he broke it, and he gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And at that moment, Jesus did what? Tell me if they ate that night. Let's keep going. <laughs> they said to each other, Didn't our hearts burn within us as they talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were what? They begged Jesus to sleep because it was late. When the guy disappeared, hell, <laughs> we are not sleeping tonight. <laughs> Within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven disciples and the others who were gathered with them. Who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. And Peter was posing, yes, he appeared to me. Then the two from Emmaus told their own story. <laughs> I just appeared to them on the way, walking along the road. And how they recognized recognized him at the breaking of bread. He must have had a pattern. He did it. And just as they were talking about it, Jesus himself suddenly standing there amongst them. (laughs) Peace be with you, he said. Then the whole group was tattooed and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. I thought they just said Peter saw him. I thought two guys just came to corroborate that fact. They were scared and said, ah, Ghost. Ghost means he's dead. His spirit is appearing to us. He spent over three years with these guys and this is what they came up with. Why are you frightened? They asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it really is me. Touch me. Make sure. I'm not a ghost. Because ghosts don't what? I stay on my point till maybe second to the last Sunday of this month. I asked a question two, three years ago. I said, Jesus came as a man. You said yes. Died as a man. Yes. Was buried as a man. Yes. Ascended as a man. Yes. I asked, is he in heaven as a man? The church kept quiet. I'll catch you two Sundays time. If you don't understand this thing, it defeats our knowledge of our realities in Christ. The church is filled with people that are looking for answers to their problem. The most important answer has been given. 
We don't have time for that answer, so we are behaving like the disciples. After he's done what he needs to do, you are still asking him, Jesus, they say you are resurrected, so would you at this time now give me my husband? As funny as that may sound, Jesus, they say you are resurrected. Now that my wife doesn't have a baby, would you now do baby? So you feel until you get the baby, the job, the car, the rent, the house, those are the things to you that we prove that he's really resurrected. His resurrection is not hinged on what you need. So do you really believe what you say you believe? Why are you in church? Why do you pray and fast? Why do you join unity in church? Let, let me... I'm almost done. Let me just say all that. And, and. Then he spoke with them, showed them his hands and feet. So he has hands, he has feet. Still they stood there, how? Filled with joy and at the same time... Then he asked them, do you have anything here... To eat. They gave him a piece of broiled fish. Still going. And he ate it as they were what? Maybe they were looking at the food to drop from his stomach. Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be what? Fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to do what? He opened their minds to do what? Let me stop there. After three and a half years. That means when he was crucified, they were busy crying. You can't understand what Jesus did for you on the cross reading Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Because the explanation is not in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. You have to go to Colossians and Ephesians and all those books to understand what happened to you. Because the people did not understand what was going on. So they followed him and said, Master, we believe you. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But their understandings were not opened yet. And allow me to say, it took a while. Why did God need these people? There's a ministry of an eyewitness. And that was what God did to them. They needed to be the ones to see. That's why in John chapter 1 from verse 1, Paul, John said, that which we have seen, heard, Touched, our hands have handled. So they needed to be witnesses of what really happened. My question is this. When he told them I will resurrect, did they believe? We assume they believed, but in reading me this morning, did they really believe? When he finally resurrected, did they really still believe? But he told them he would, be, he would resurrect. The angels told the women. Now, what is the benefit of resurrection? That's what the remaining Sundays of this month will be for. Why did he resurrect? Of what benefit is it to us? But I'm going to ask you this in ending. Do you really believe what he said about you? Do you really believe? Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has done what? Ephesians, Ephesians 1, 3. Can we see together? Go. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has? With what? Actually, but do you believe this? Do you really believe? If I come tomorrow and I say that 
There's a special anointing oil for protection. Do you know how many of you will purchase that oil from my hand? Question is, do you believe what the Bible already has said? We act like the disciples. We're almost no better than them. We have a better revelation than they had, but our behavior is almost no different. Do you really believe? Please, let's see Ephesians. Same chapter 1. 21, 22, 23. 20. From 20. Ephesians 1, 20. Can you read with me? Want to go? Which he wrought where? When he raised him where? Is Jesus risen from the dead? Is Jesus risen from the dead? I can do. Hey, hey, come on, somebody. You know it's risen. Is he risen from the dead? Do you really believe it? Let's see it. When he raised him from the dead and did what with him? Set him at his own what? Right hand. Where? Next verse, please. Far above what? All principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. But also where? And has done what? And gave him to be head over all things to the church's body, the fullness of him. So is Jesus risen from the dead? Where is Jesus right now? At the right hand of God, how far? Far above what? All principality, all power, all might, all dominion, and every name that is what? Is it just that far? Is it seated that high? Now Ephesians 2, verse 6. And that's where we're ending it this morning. Ephesians 2, 6. Read Ephesians 2, 6 with me. Did God raise Jesus from the dead? Did God raise Jesus from the dead? Read Ephesians 2, 6 with me. 1, 2, let's go. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places where? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, hold on, hold on. Again, this verse. Again. Um, how fast can we can we read this verse and jump to 1 verse 20? Alright. Follow me together. Want to go? Let's go. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places where? Do you remember where we ended the other one? Raised us up together and made us do what? Sit together in heavenly places where? All principality and power and might and every name that is named verse 22 now and he put how many things under where and gave him to be what guys we're done do you believe this is Jesus risen from the dead Bible says when he resurrected you were risen together with him when he ascended you ascended together with him. When he sat down, you sat down together with him. Far above what? All principality, all power, all might, all dominion, and every name. 
believe it. Do you believe it? If we believe this, why are demon-related prayers the most popular prayers in the church of Jesus today? Why are people we are far above the ones now determining our prayer points? Last Sunday we ended his teaching singing, For death could not hold him captive, even in the grave, Jesus is Lord. Death could not stop him from resurrecting, and you resurrected with him, but one woman in your village is stopping your own promotion. Do you really believe he raised from the dead? No, 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 no. Think back at your life. Do you really believe? And you tell me someone is doing you from where to where? Am I saying there cannot be satanic or demonic attacks? They are all over scriptures. We know that. But do you believe he is now above all power? And do you believe that you are seated together with him? Do you believe? That's the question this morning. Do you believe? Or would you be like the disciples of after 5, 10, 15, 25 years of being born again, you are still staring at his resurrection as an event? Some of us are shouting all over the weekend, public holiday. Do we understand what is going on? How has this resurrection affected your prayer points? How has your life been changed? Is there sickness in your body? Is there pain all over you? Has his resurrection affected you in any way? Is it true that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives inside you? Do you really believe? Do you really believe? Is he really risen? Are you really risen with him? Are you really seated above all powers? Do we really believe? Why are the problems in our lives lingering and they're getting attention? Why are they taking so much prayer point, prayer time, like he's not risen from the dead? We need to go back and ask ourselves, do we really believe? Why must every failure in business, failure in marriage, be attributed to someone that is doing you? Do you really believe? Or did he waste his time being resurrected? Let's stop being religious, church. We need to go back and ask ourselves throughout this week, do we really believe? Is that clear this morning? 